0: creating smart buildings without sacrificing privacy. I'm Tanya Hall and joining me is Tim Panagas, co-founder and chief technology officer at microshare.io. Welcome, Tim.
1: Thanks, Tanya. Nice to be here.
0: Of course. Explain to us uh, about what microshare uh, does.
1: Sure. So microshare offers solutions for what you'd call smart building, which is really using data to drive the management decisions around how you manage spaces. And those could be um, common spaces like office spaces or less traditional spaces like hospitals or airports, even military bases.
0: What is your definition of a smart building? What makes it smart?
1: Well, you know, it is a bit of a euphemism, I suppose, but what we really are focused on ultimately is making the people smarter about their building. So at the end of the day, the building itself doesn't get smarter, but the people who manage that building Um, Ultimately, what we want to be able to do is collect enough high-quality data that people are able to make better decisions about what they do with their space, how they manage it from an efficiency perspective, and always balancing that with the well-being of their occupants.
0: What are the challenges related to protecting occupant and intellectual property privacy in a smart building?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. You know, um, we're in a current moment in time when privacy, particularly online behaviors, is very much um, in vogue. And we see regulations increasing around the world to kind of address that. But you know, those of us who've worked in IoT can tell you that your real world behaviors, the things that people are able to know about you, um, frankly, I think are uh, much scarier than what people are able to know about you online because you have your choice of turning off your internet connection at the end of the day, um, but you don't necessarily have your choice everywhere you go about whether you're being monitored. And so the potential that people view these as um, big brother, um, uh, nefarious measurements, um, I think is, is, is quite severe in the IoT space. And as you think about the places you work, the, the, the spaces that you interact as an employee or as a customer Um, you don't want to be looking over your shoulder and wondering um, what people are watching you, what they're measuring, and what they're doing, that information. So really, I think it's incumbent upon technologists and the businesses that manage these spaces to kind of get ahead of that problem and, um, and give people some comfort that the data that's being collected about them is in their best interest and not being used for something that's creepy or nefarious.
0: So how do you specifically then address those challenges?
1: So our approach i think is quite different than what we see in most of the rest of the marketplace we kind of went back to first principles with thinking about how data that gets measured from the real world ought to be thought of and the normal pattern i think you see is that if i own a device and i put it in a place that data stream comes to me as the single owner i have a database and then i get to use it and that sort of stovepipe of data is kind of just built into our natural assumptions about the world but actually we don't really need to think about data that way anymore. And we just haven't taken the time to rethink it. So one of the things we have done is built the underlying data structures so that every piece of data, every row in the database, for instance, can have more than one owner. So recognizing that I might put the security camera in the building, but the tenants of that building, the employees that work for that tenant, the customers of that business that transit that space, all should have an ownership stake in the information that is ultimately about them in the way they interact with that data so it's not just the owner of the video camera anymore we keep track of the fact that uh, you and i are both co-owners of any piece of video that has us in the given frame and that um that's a challenge but ultimately once we know who those owners and co-owners of this information are then we can actually know whose policies whose whose privacy um, should we be respecting when we uh, transact with the data.
0: With COVID, how do you balance contact tracing of those who occupy the space with individuals' needs for privacy?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, one good thing about something that is uh, like COVID where it's impacting everybody, this is very clear that there is a, um, a societal good that comes out of it. And I would assert that there are societal goods that come from being data-driven in our normal life that don't need a a quarantine and a a global pandemic to drive. And um, I'm hoping there's actually a public awareness of that as we go through. But I think that does give people the ability to experiment a little bit more than they normally would. Because we find traditional businesses, they hear privacy, they think it's scary, and they want to kind of stay away from data almost as a knee-jerk reaction. But ultimately, I think the employees want to feel safe they want to know that their employers and the businesses that they, uh, they transact with have their well-being in mind, contact tracing is a part of it. You just need to convince them, and I think the way to convince them is, is radical transparency, that you're not going to do something with the data that they don't expect. And, um, and I think that's the core of, of achieving, you know, for most people, um, a level of comfort that allows them to continue to let businesses and organizations do with the data that will benefit society broadly.
0: So what are the privacy questions and issues organizations should consider before moving into a smart building?
1: Yeah, this this is important, right? Um, I think that there's a change management challenge that is at least as important as the technological challenge. I mean, sure, IoT and data management, data science, there there's a lot of uh, nerdy stuff to get into in those cases, but we often kind of forget that the humans that we're subjecting um, these programs to don't have the level of comfort or understanding with those tools and techniques. Um, that the practitioners do. And so I think really being able to communicate to these people and in fact, over communicate to these people, not in techie terms, right? Not in gory detail, but to actually make them part of the equation, right? So that they are participants in the ecosystem that collects and and processes the data rather than subjects of an experiment. And I think that sort of notion, um, if you can convey that through communication, um, it really goes a long way to uh, opening people up to um, curious experimentation rather than, you know, negative reaction.
0: Tim Panogas, Chief Technology Officer at Microshare.io. If somebody wants to connect with you, Tim, maybe they want to find out more about the work that you do, or maybe just connect with you personally. How can they do that?
1: Uh, you can find us on the web at Microshare.io and connect with me at, mic- at on Twitter at, at Microshare underscore CTO.
0: Thanks for joining us, Tim. My pleasure. And find more of my interviews right here or at tanyahall.net. Thanks for watching.